We all get jealous sometimes. Things aren't fair in this life. And so there's always someone who seems to have things better off than you. And often we're jealous of people in our very own families, our brothers and sisters in particular. Can you think of a time when you've been so jealous of your brother or sister? And what did you do? How did you act? What could you do? I'm so glad that you joined me on Audacious Arrows today, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's word. Well, our reading in the book of Genesis has brought us to the story of Joseph. Before we start reading, let's just remind ourselves who Joseph is. Joseph is one of Jacob's 12 sons. So in the book of Genesis, we have God's chosen people, this family that he called, started with Abraham, was called to follow the Lord. And then he had a son named Isaac, and he had a son named Jacob, and Jacob has 12 sons. Joseph and Benjamin are the two youngest boys in this family, and Joseph is Jacob's favorite son, his favorite child. In our last episode, we talked about how Jacob had made this coat of many colors for Joseph, and this coat probably would have been um, really costly, would have taken a lot of work or cost a lot of money to make. And the other brothers were very jealous, and rightfully so. They were jealous of how much their father loved Joseph over them. Now, Joseph was also a dreamer. He had these dreams, and one was about sheaves of wheat, and one was about the stars and the sun and the moon. But basically what these dreams meant were that one day his brothers, his 11 brothers, would bow down before him. And in one of the dreams, it included his father and his mother, which Rachel has died at this time. They're probably talking about Leah as his mother, so more of his stepmother. And that kind of sets the scene for where we are in our story today. We're going to hear about a couple different places. We'll talk about the Valley of Hebron, Shechem, and Dothan. Now, they're living right now in the valley of Hebron, which is near the Dead Sea. And then Shechem is north of that, and Dothan is a little further north of that. So in all, it's about probably about 75 miles away. And we're also going to hear quite a bit about Reuben. Reuben is the oldest child in this family. So he's not a child. He's a grown man at this point. But he was the firstborn child of Jacob. We're also going to hear a few things about grief and mourning. Um, so during this time period, if there was a death in the family, people who were grieving would tear their clothes. They would put on sackcloth, which was like a kind of a rough cloth that was used to make sacks for grain or something else. Um, and they would mourn for many, many days. Um, we're also going to hear about Sheol, which is... Um, just literally the, the place of the dead, the place where the dead go. It's kind of like talking about going down to the grave. So those are some words that we're going to hear in our reading today. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 37, verse 12. So find that in your Bible. Hit pause if you need to. Genesis 37, verse 12. 
Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. And he said to him, Here I am. So he said to him, Go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring me word. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And a man found him wandering in the fields. And the man asked him, What are you seeking? I'm seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where they are pasturing the flock. And the man said, They have gone away, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him, and we will see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he rescued him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, cast him into this pit here in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him, that he might rescue him out of their hand to restore him to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore, and they took him and cast him into a pit. The pit was empty, there was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat, and looking up they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels, bearing gum, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. Then Midianite traders passed by, and they drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for twenty shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the pit and saw that Joseph was not in the pit, he tore his clothes and returned to his brothers and said, The boy is gone, and I, where shall I go? Then they took Joseph's robe and slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood. And they sent the robe of many colors and brought it to their father and said, This we have found. Please identify whether it is your son's robe or not. And he identified it and said, It is my son's robe. A fierce animal has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his garments and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted and said, No, I shall go down to Sheol, to my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. Well, this is a pretty awful story all around. I can't imagine this happening, but terrible things do happen because human beings, except for the grace of God, are capable of doing really awful things like these brothers did to Joseph in the story. We do have one brother who kind of tries to save Joseph. Reuben persuades the other brothers not to kill him 
and instead um, just to put him in a pit. And Reuben is hoping to come back later and rescue him. But when he comes back, he finds that he's too late. His other brothers have sold Joseph um, into slavery, and Joseph is already on his way down to Egypt, um, which is a long ways away to like south and west of where they are. Are there things in this part of the story that make you think of Jesus in the Bible? We've talked before about how Joseph's story reminds us in many ways of Jesus. Well, Jesus was betrayed by Judas for 30 pieces of silver. Joseph is sold by his brothers for 20 shekels. Joseph hadn't done anything wrong because of jealousy and hatred and revenge. These brothers decided they wanted to kill him. Does that remind you of how the crowds of people wanted to kill Jesus? How his own people, the Jewish leaders, wanted to put him to death? It's very similar in this story, isn't it? Well, we're going to see more and more ways that Joseph, the hero of this story, points us forward to Jesus, the hero of all stories. Let's look at what these brothers did. So they were jealous and they were angry and they took matters into their own hands. They decided to get rid of Joseph. Does that usually fix things? Does that usually fix things when you do that? Not, not typically. And in this story, it didn't make things better. It didn't make them become their father's favorite. It didn't fix their family and actually hurt their family more. Jacob is determined to grieve. He refuses to be comforted, and he's determined to go all the way to death, mourning for his son Joseph. He still loves Joseph the best, even though these brothers have gotten rid of him. Um, Usually when we are angry and we want um, to get back at somebody or jealous or we want revenge, if we take matters into our own hands, it, it never goes well. It never ends well for us. That's something to remember. Why do you think in the beginning of this story, Joseph, there's like this weird little part where Joseph is wandering around looking for his brothers and this man walks up to him and says, "What? who are you looking for? And he sends him up to Dothan. Part of it is just, frankly, a detail in this story. Um, but why do you think that Moses decided to include that detail? You know, this story is part of God's sovereign plan, right? We know how this story will end. We've already heard about it from Joseph's dreams. We know that at the end of this story, somehow, some way, these brothers are going to bow down before Joseph. So how are we getting there? God is sovereign over every single step of the way. And this delay um, where he's wandering around looking for his brothers probably held him back a little. He probably got there later than he otherwise would have. And he meant that he arrived just in time for these Ishmaelites to pass by so his brothers could sell him into slavery. Had he gotten there earlier, maybe they would have killed him. Had he gotten there later, maybe the Ishmaelites would have already gone and they wouldn't have been able to sell him. God's timing in this story is precise, isn't it? Joseph had to arrive near his brothers at just the right time for this to all work out. God is in control of every detail. Even though his brothers' actions are really wicked and evil, God is still in control of them. 
God isn't allowing anything to happen to Joseph that isn't part of his sovereign and good plan. And we're going to see more of that as the story unfolds. Well, I'm so glad that you joined me on Audacious Arrows and reading the Bible. Like I said before, this is one of my favorite stories, and I'm so excited to share it with you. Our memory verse for this week is Romans 12, verses 14 through 16. And we've actually been working on a larger part of Romans 12 over the past few weeks. So I want to read the whole section to you, starting in verse 9 all the way through 16. See if you can say it with me. Here we go. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. As you work on memories in that verse, think about um, ways that Joseph could apply that in his own life and think about ways that Jesus lived that verse out perfectly. We'll see you next time.